0: Press play and turn it up. Producing the Facts Podcast is your sports hookup. Eric Kane gives you the latest in Tennessee football and the top stories from around the sports world. Listen as national guests and special co hosts give you real, hard hitting analysis on your favorite team. This is PTF on iTunes, SoundCloud, and tune in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into PTF. It's producing the facts podcast been a little minute, but, uh, happy to be back behind the microphone, talking to you guys. And, uh, again, it's, uh, it's a busy time. We went from, you know, sports being canceled in the month of March to pretty much nothing going on. Then NASCAR picked up golf, picked up yet. Some of these individual team sports, if that makes any sense. I mean, NASCAR, that's the definition of NASCAR. It's an individual sport. Or the driver's out there driving, getting the accolades, but it's a crew that makes it happen. Sidebar. But nonetheless, we're getting back into Major League Baseball season, the NBA bubble, NHL bubble, college football has begun, and the NFL starts on Thursday. Boy, is it good to have sports back. Made the comment this morning that it's almost like it's too much sports right now, or uh, my, my colleague on the morning show said it's almost too much. It's, it's like it's almost too much sports right now. And I said, well, hold on. I'll, I'll take the too much sports uh, compared to not having sports. So, it's been fun. It's been fun recently, and uh, I know you guys have enjoyed it as well. Eric Kane at underscore Kaner on Twitter at underscore C A I N E R. I also have Kaner on air. That's my Facebook page. I, I write articles. I do practice reports. I do blogs. I post podcasts. I do all that stuff, and I, I post all that on my Facebook page at Kaner on air and on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Uh, Tennessee football starts week four of fall camp, actually started week four of fall camp on Sunday, but a lot of news, a lot of news has come out over the weekend, and as we continue to inch closer towards Tennessee's football season, a lot of questions remain. So I'm going to spend the next, you know, about 30 minutes or so kind of going over the highs and the lows, the highlights, the notes of uh, Tennessee's fall camp so far. Again, it's, it's great to have sports back. They all look different. If they're not playing in a bubble, you're hardly having anybody in the stands. I know NASCAR has a limited amount of fans in the stands right now. College football has none, or uh, right now, or not a lot right now. Of course, there's plans for these Power Fives to, you know, have up to, you know, 19 to 25,000, you know, in terms of capacity what the stadium holds, and so. Um, you know, it, it, we're getting sports back, but it still feels a little a little airy, a little airy for sure. But I want to say this, you know, I'm a part of the uh, Rivalry Thursday broadcast every Thursday on my VLT. We've done a couple games on the CW already. We did one game on WVLT and uh, the Channel 8 right here in Knoxville. And I do it for, you know, Pac-Man Productions, Mark, pra- Mark Packer and Austin Price, having a lot of fun doing it. And um, it's, it's great to be back on the sideline. It's great to be back with high school football. Uh, here in East Tennessee, and I know that there's a lot of athletes in the mid states, uh, and also Shelby County out west in Tennessee, in the, in the Memphis area that aren't playing high school football, and uh, my heart breaks for them because, again, if you guys know me at all, and especially, uh, I doubt many people knew that are listening to this podcast knew anything about me in high school and uh, in college. Man, that that was my whole life. I never thought that I was a great football player. I never thought that I was going to the NFL. I mean, I. I was smarter than that, but I mean that's that's literally all I did. I eat, slept, bleated, cried, whatever you want to say. You know, football. That's all I did. I trained for it year round. <laughs> that's how my whole life was set up. And so, especially in high school, if you came to me in high school and said that you're not going to be able to play your senior year, where it's up in the air, or potentially you're going to get two or three games cut off your senior year, I mean my my whole world would have ended. And that sounds so silly to say now. But that was my whole world. You know, right or wrong, that's how small my world was back then. So, you know, my heart breaks for these high schoolers who are not getting the opportunity right now to play high school football. Um, I know a lot of the metro schools in the Nashville area are going to get going here pretty soon, and that's great. Um, but, man, it's been great to have high school football in East Tennessee the last month. And I'm, I'm super, super pumped about that as we continue on. You know, fingers crossed uh, everyone continues to uh, do their parts you know, wear a mask, social distance, just do the best you can and uh, let these kids play and, and let guys like me who depend on uh, a high school football season and a college football season to make a living, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. You know, whether you believe it or wrong, you know, I'm not going to get political here, but you know, we all have our stances on this mask thing and on COVID. And uh, you know, if anybody can listen to what I say on the radio, I think you kind of, kind of know my thoughts uh, on that. And um I'm a team player, you know. When when Knox County, uh, you know, passed the mask ordinance, you know, a couple months ago, I'm a team player. I was asked that morning by Will West, uh, "Have you been wearing a mask? Are you going to wear a mask?" And I said, "Well, I've not been wearing a mask because it's not been enforced. But now that it's technically, uh, uh, you know, it's gone into effect here in Knox County, I'm going to wear a mask. Do I want to? No. Um, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for people around me that might be uncomfortable. I'm doing it because, again, I'm a team player and. I want to go back to the normalcy of life as quick as possible. So that's kind of my views on it, uh, without getting too down deep into it. And uh, I know you don't want to listen to this podcast for uh, political takes. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. That's not what I do. Everyone that knows me knows I'm not. I'm not like that. But we all have our strong opinions on it. But uh, you know, I just feel like the more we work together as a team, the uh, the sooner we can kind of get back to to what we think is normal. Whether you believe. Um, you know, the economy should have been uplifted the way it was or not. Uh, I don't, <laughs> but uh, uh, here we are. So we're kind of kind of you know skating back to normalcy, at least I hope so. Um, a lot of things to go over here on today's podcast. Again, I mentioned big news coming out from the week. Jeremy Pruitt uh, met with the media on Saturday and what was supposed to be a post-practice scrimmage. Uh, that did not happen. We'll discuss that. I'll play audio clips from Jeremy Pruitt on the 44 players who were out of practice on Saturday and had been out of practice for the last three or four weeks. Uh, why, how many are active COVID cases, how many are contact tracing, how many are injuries. Uh, there's a little bit of a divvy up in there. They're, they're not all 44 uh, COVID cases. I know some people like to run with that, run with the headline, and just throw it all over social media and just kind of adds fuel to that fire to the narrative they're pushing. Okay, I'll stop there, but uh, that's that's not always the case. That's not always the case, and so we'll kind of break that down and see what it looks like. But nonetheless, 44 players out on Saturday Tennessee was supposed to open against Charlotte on September 5th. Tennessee would be in trouble. And, you know, say what you will, Tennessee did lo- lose to Georgia State. But the Volunteers had only 31 offensive players at practice on, on Saturday. And so Tennessee might have been in trouble a little bit, um, you know, in terms of you know playing a football game on that day. Jeremy Pruitt said, I guess it's a blessing in disguise when we're playing today because I don't know how good the roster would be. Um, but that is going to be an issue as we continue to move on. And we'll talk about contact tracing and how the, all that looks like compared to here in Knoxville to maybe Tuscaloosa to Gainesville uh, to, you know, other, you know, Columbia, other spots around the Southeastern Conference. And so we'll talk about that. Also, the biggest storylines of camp, obviously, the biggest storyline of camp is the biggest storyline in the world right now, whether you, you follow sports, the national news um, at your place of work, it is still the coronavirus, uh, the national pandemic, still owns the headlines. Also, how's Jared Garantano positioning himself this fall? This fall camp, uh, it's pretty good so far, according to uh, what coaches and players are saying. So we'll talk about JG. The young wide receiver group is impressing. Uh, position group that is impressing as well. Also, that's disappointing. That being the secondary, impressing the defensive line apparently. Disappointing so far. Also, there's a couple of position battles going on on the offensive line, and you're probably saying, "Well, offensive line position battles." And no, we're set there. No, there's there's some position battles going on right now, and I'm going to talk about how that is a good thing. I think that is a very good thing for. Tennessee football and the, uh, you know, the way the season will go. And so all that get into here today on producing the facts podcast again, at underscore Caner on Twitter. I'm Eric Kane. Thanks for uh, dialing me up here in your car today in your cubicle uh, while you're working out, whatever you are uh, doing while listening to this podcast. I do appreciate it. Give me a follow at underscore Caner at Caner on air. If you want to listen to, To any of my podcasts, read my blogs, uh, listen to my practice reports uh, that are live on the Sports Animal every morning at 7.15 and every evening at 6.15 and on WIVK, that's 1077, uh, every day at 6.30. Um, I post those on there uh, from time to time and I post my recruiting articles that I write for VolQuest, contributor uh, for the Tennessee Rival site, that's VolQuest, Volquest VolQuest.com. And if you want to get the lowdown on some Tennessee recruiting, specifically some 2022s and some 2021 commits, um, that's typically kind of kind of the angle I'm working right now as I continue to contribute uh, to VolQuest. All right, let's get going. So Tennessee practice number eleven has come and gone. That was on Sunday. We are officially in. Week number four of fall camp. Now, uh, disclaimer, as you guys know this, you guys probably listen to me on the radio a lot and read my tweets and all that. Media can't go to practice this year um, due to COVID, you know, protocoling. And so it sounds like a small sacrifice to the to the naked eye. Who cares? Who cares? Stay away. So As long as we get our football, as long as we get our football. Well, uh, the content that we put out there, the stories that you read, the audio, the videos that you check out, well, that's all from us, and that's how we do our jobs. And so it's really unfortunate that we can't be uh, socially distanced out on the practice field for the 13 minutes we would get anyway, seeing the same seeing the same uh, individual period, seeing the same drills a lot of the times. And so people might also be saying, well, what's the big deal if you're just seeing the same crap every day and you're missing it? Well, there's a lot of things. Every single day when I go out there, I take roll. I see who's practicing and I see who's not. I look over to see who's on the stationary bike. I look over to see who's, uh, you know, repping with some trainers. I see who's not on the field at all, and then once you take role, then you then you find out why. Why is this player not out here? And that's questions that you would ask to Jeremy Pruitt during his next press conference. And so that's how you. That's how I've attacked it in years past. But due to these coronavirus um, restrictions this year for the media. You know, We can't be there, so we don't know who's practicing or not. And i got to be honest. I mean, Jeremy Prince has been very transparent throughout this whole process for the most part. I mean, he's again, we're going to talk about what he said on Saturday, uh, what he's done with the social justice uh, issues going on in the country today and how he and his team have dealt with it. Um, we'll talk about that. So he's been very transparent, but we're still not out there. And so we don't know for a fact who's out there and who's not and why not and that's very frustrating from a from a just just trying to do your job standpoint. I'm trying to do my job and it, it's difficult. And so I'm I'm hoping that once we get into the season we can start going back into practice and kind of kind of get back to what we were doing last year because I know it's different college to professional and I know this might be league wide in terms of the SEC but there's media covering covering Titans practice every single day. I mean there's media covering, you know, baseball games every single day. So it can't be done. But uh, right now we're not allowed to, and that's very unfortunate. But we'll say this, we're not at practice at all. So really the media, all we're doing is taking part in these press conferences with uh, players via Zoom, with Jeremy Pruitt via Zoom, um, assistant coaches and all that. And and we're just kind of trying to make ends meet right now, essentially. But uh, here's... Some things we're going to talk about. I mean, we all have insiders. If you're in this industry, I've got some people on the inside and I have a lot of connections that have better sources than I do. And so these are the things that we've been hearing and some of the things that Jeremy Pruitt and others have been saying so far uh, during fall camp. But first off, let's get to Jeremy Pruitt. This was Saturday. Tennessee was supposed to practice, supposed to scrimmage on Saturday. It was going to be scrimmage number one of fall camp, but uh, that didn't happen. And I'm sure you've seen by now, but why didn't that happen? Well, Jeremy Pruitt, this is how he opened up his press conference on Saturday after what should have been scrimmage number one.
1: Yeah, you know, we had a uh, slated for a scrimmage, really had one slated for Wednesday and was going to back it up to today, but we didn't scrimmage, um, got way too many guys out. Uh, we had 44 players that didn't practice today. Uh, so, and they hadn't practiced probably for the last three or four practices so just didn't think that was wise to scrimmage um you know just went with a normal practice Um, only got 30 offensive players um, that were able to practice so really really focused on two groups Uh, still got a lot of situational football had a chance to work short yardage uh, red area uh, some third down Um, you know team moved the field Um, so got some good work got some good work in on special teams so just something that we're you know we're going through uh, obviously um, as we ramp up the testing we've had a few more positives um which that's going to happen uh the big issue for us has been really uh the contact tracing um and and that's where we've had tons of players i think to be exact uh to this date, we've had 48 guys uh that have missed at least 14 days uh through through the quarantine Um, and four of those guys have been quarantined twice Um, so probably you're talking about 52 guys Um, you know in that you know um, two of the guys that were in quarantine um, self-reported they were around somebody with COVID um, and in the testing they end up showing up that they had it but um, but the other 50 guys uh, we've had one out of 50 that has eventually tested positive for COVID so um just trying to get through the the contact tracing and and uh you know when a guy misses 14 days of practice or 14 days of training you know starting over and it's kind of had a cumulative effect a little bit with some a few injuries here and there uh nothing severe uh but some guys that's had to miss some practice time so uh, it's definitely been challenging uh and you know we've got to continue to to improve as a football team um and, and um, you know, just figure out the circumstances and figure out a way to, uh, to be productive in them.
0: Uh, so that was Jeremy Pruitt, how he opened things up on Saturday uh, during his press conference. So we kind of laid it out there. 44 players were out Saturday, hadn't practiced in the last three or four practices. Uh, 48 guys who have missed at least 14 days due to quarantine so far this summer. Four of those guys have been quarantined twice. And during that time, you're going to have to miss 14 straight days of practice uh, and or training. But of the 44, again, they talk about seeing a headline and running with it. That's ir- that's irresponsible journalism, number one, if a journalist is doing that. And please, if you ever see anybody doing that, call them out on it. It's called a quote tweet. Uh, but, you know, for you know, people to just see a headline and want to run with it and spread it all over social media, uh, let's get down to it. How many of the 44 were out were due to COVID reasons. Now, most of them, most of them, but it's not all 44 people have tested. It's not saying 44 people have tested positive for coronavirus. That is not the case. Here's Jeremy Pruitt.
1: Yeah, well, all those guys are not COVID related. Some of those guys are, um, whether it's soft tissue injury or, uh, you know, Austin Pope, uh, you know, he's got his back there. Uh, We've done surgery on Tamarian McDonald. Uh, So there's Leneath Whitehead's a guy that, Still is recovering from his surgery, so I don't know the exact number. Um, but as far as COVID-related, but it's it's I think it's close to 27, 28 when you talk about quarantine people. Also, but but I, I'm more about active cases of, of COVID right now. Do you do you know how many active cases you have on your team right now? I think it's seven or eight, Blake. Okay.
0: So that was Blake Topmeyer asking the follow-up about active cases for COVID. Seven or eight are active. um, So not all of those 44 players that were out are due to COVID. So seven or eight are active. He had 27 or 28 of the players out that were due to COVID and or quarantining. The rest... We're simply just, you know, injuries. And, you know, we'll say that's a good or a bad thing. probably It's not. But, you know, Austin Pope is continuing to battle back, battle back. And he's trying to be ready for the start of training camp with uh, his back injury or start, start of the season for his back injury. They're not going to run him out there in a preseason scrimmage. Heck no. So he was going to be out. Samaria McDonald's going to be out for the entire season. Then Whitehead is going to be out. Uh, for you know most of the season, try to get back for the last few weeks. Brian Mauer, he didn't mention him there, but Brian Mauer has a hamstring issue right now. He's he's not a full go participant in, in in practice right now, so he wasn't going to play. So, you know, seven or eight active cases, 27, 28 are out due to COVID or quarantining, and then you got some injuries out there, and so it's not forty four players that tested positive for COVID. Tennessee's doing an awful job. No, that's not the case. It's not the case at all. But it is noteworthy because what Tennessee is doing right now, it seems to be following the rules. And I got to say, I mean, a lot of people, you know, people just want to be internet mad every single day for some reason. I I get it. If we live in 2020, you got to be mad. And if you don't voice your opinion on it, then, uh, you know, are you, are you really doing society a a justice? You got to voice your opinion on, on the Facebooks, on the Twitters. Um, But Jeremy Pruitt, and again, I say all this because media often say, you know, we're playing to our hand here when we do this, but. Jeremy Pruitt has been transparent. Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt th- appears to be following the rules, and you can't say that about every college football coach. You just can't. Steve um, what, what's going on with him? You, you know, what, what's been happening uh, down at Florida State. Uh, we've already heard a couple of instances. Uh, during fall camp to where players are opting out because they don't feel comfortable that their coaching staff and their administration is following the rules. Well, Jeremy Pruitt is definitely following the rules and there's some frustration there because and I want to touch more on this subject here in just a second because um, a lot of people are mad about a lot of reasons right now in the world, but specifically with Tennessee football. So I want to come back to what Jeremy Pruitt and how he's been transparent and how he's handling things this last six months. But um I want to discuss how the frustration right now isn't necessarily you know dealing with positive cases because you want to take care of your student athletes, you want to keep them safe and all that. But the frustration, I believe, in Jeremy Pruitt is the contact tracing. As you can see, when we've laid the numbers out, 44 players were out on Saturday. Seven or eight due to active cases, 27 or 28 total. You do the math. Most of that comes from contact tracing. Jeremy Pruitt said 48 guys have missed at least 14 days this summer due to quarantine. Four of those guys have quarantined twice. Of those, only one person ended up testing positive uh, due due to exposure. And so so far, so the frustration stems from contact tracing and where you're going to miss 14 days and Jeremy Pruitt says as you know from there you it's almost like you're starting over listen to what Jeremy Pruitt has to say about the testing protocols in the SEC but what the real dagger is right now it's that contact tracing
1: well I think the testing protocol is the same for everybody uh right you No, know, the thing to me that that probably is not consistent uh and it's not it's not consistent in our state obviously uh or nationally is the the contact tracing um you know it's all based off of uh each individual county uh probably how many cases you have uh they're probably a little more stricter and hey i'm not a doctor we just follow the cdc guidelines right uh i'm just uh i'm just giving you the information so um you know is is Knox County, the same as Davidson County. Uh, you know, they're they're playing high school football here, but they're not there. Uh, they're not in Shelby County. So, um, you know, when you start talking about the different states of, you know, South Carolina, Missouri, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, I mean, uh, it's, it's probably different uh, in each one of the university's locations.
0: And that's got to be frustrating because – If the contact tracing CDC guidelines are different from Knoxville to Tuscaloosa, from Knoxville to Gainesville, from Knoxville to Lexington, from Knoxville to Nashville, from Knoxville to Columbia, Missouri, it's got to be very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, But again, Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt appears to be playing ball right now. He's doing it the right way. Um, Is every college coach in America doing it the right way? Probably not. But... The microscope is on for sure, and if these coaches are not doing it the correct way and not following these procedures, eventually that's going to come out. Eventually that's going to come out. There's too many people that are too good at their jobs for it to not come out, so I do credit Jeremy Pruitt for playing ball. I knew earlier last week that Tennessee had upwards of of 30 uh, players who were dealing with uh, COVID, whether it be active and or quarantine. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did not think that they were going to scrimmage on Saturday, which they ultimately did not. Um, but I did not think Jeremy Pruitt would come out and throw a number out there because that number's high and that number's a little scary. But again, when you break it all down and you discuss what is what it's still not great, but it's not like 44 active cases. Let's move on. Um, I was still surprised he threw out a number, but again, give him credit being transparent, being open and being honest. And so if, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's quarantining his players for 14 days per CDC guidelines here in Knoxville, here in Knox County. Uh, the county restrictions differ from here to Shelby, from here to Davidson, from here to Jefferson, Granger, whatever county you want to look at. Um, And certainly, you know, the counties of Tuscaloosa and those other SEC, uh, you know, those SEC hosting institutional counties. So it's got to be a little frustrating, but nonetheless, that's kind of where we are right now. We're all dealing with COVID in our everyday lives and our everyday workplace. And Obviously, coaches are as well. Now the question was asked later on in the press conference: How how difficult is this coaching and navigating through a COVID nineteen era? And Jeremy Pruitt's response was: Well, we're all dealing with it. You're dealing with it in your line of work. We wouldn't be doing it. We wouldn't be doing this on a press uh, on a Zoom right now if if we weren't. We'd be in person. And he's exactly right. And so um, I thought that was a good response as well. Uh, let's play another one here. Jeremy Pruitt's already had to cancel one practice, but could we see some more? cancellations of the practices as we move on through fall camp. Uh, Spoiler, yes, but here's what Jeremy Pruitt had to say.
1: We've had very few COVID cases. Uh, You know, we didn't start until July. Uh, You know, that's the first time we had a COVID case. Uh, You know, so we didn't have much experience in the month of June, but with the you know, the contact tracing and the numbers as they add up, uh, it's been very tough to prepare a team to be able to play. We get 25 practices, we'll probably end up practicing maybe 20 to 22 times, uh, you know, unless unless we have something change over the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're learning as we go.
0: And if you know anything about football coaches, every day is a day to get better. So if you're missing out on a day to get better, whoo! doesn't sit well with coaches, trust me, trust me. And so, uh, you know, that's got to sting a little bit. But um, that was what came out on Saturday. Tennessee didn't end up practicing as they, as they were. And you know, those 31 offensive players have really bonded together and working very well together. And Jeremy Pruitt noted that he said, he's proud of those offensive guys. Cause that's obviously the side of the football that's been hit the hardest so far, uh, but for staying in there and continuing to work and dealing with adversity, but that's what happened on over the weekend, no scrimmage, but another practice. So this is something to pay attention to. What if Tennessee were to play this past weekend, it would have been difficult to play. There was a game last week. I forgot which game it was. Maybe it was the Army MTSU. Um, I'm not sure, but one of those games, you had an entire position that was wiped out. It was tied in and you know, thankfully it was an offensive line because you couldn't play a football game, but you had the tight end position that was wiped out and so whatever team I'm talking about had offensive linemen playing tight ends, essentially just putting in another blocker and so you're gonna keep the tight ends in. They're not gonna flex out and, you know, line up at Y or X or Z. Um But nonetheless, you might see that going forward this year. A whole position group essentially is wiped out because if one guy gets it, likely the rest of the guys are going to get it because you do everything together. You meet in the same meeting room together. You practice on the, on the practice field together. You sit on the buses together. That's just kind of how it is. That's kind of how it is right now. So obviously this is not great. You're not feeling great, but again, it's now, there's still three weeks to go before kickoff and every team is dealing with it. Tennessee's dealing with it. You know that, Clemson has dealt with it you know that Florida has dealt with it and so you just kind of make the most of the situation to move on here's one thing that's for certain every team in the country is dealing with it right now there's not one team that's saying oh I'm COVID free and what are the whatever you believe about the virus or not whether if you think it's as extreme as everyone's making it out to be or if we're taking it too lightly precautions are going to be taken All year long, as you've seen in every single sport so far, as you've seen in your county, as you've seen in your workplace, you know, I work in radio and over 97% of our building, including on air talents are working from home. I'm one of the select few of probably the little over 3% that still come in every single day and I get to do my job in the same place. I'm I'm already doing my job, but that's how much coronavirus is affecting everybody's day, you know, walk of life. So precautions are going to be taken. Testing is going to be ramped up. Quarantining will happen. Whether the athlete feels fine or not, that's just kind of how it's going to, that's what this year is. It's better than nothing. And you just hope and pray that 2021, you can get back to normal. So that's kind of what happened over the weekend with Tennessee football. A lot of audio there from Jeremy Pruitt and his press conference. What are some of the main storylines in camp right now? Again, producing the Facts Podcast, Eric Kane, at underscore Kane, or I'll be quick here as we wrap up in the next 10 minutes. I feel like a preacher right now. Uh, the church I go to, the preacher always says, I'm going to close with this, and then he talks for 25 more minutes. That's what my dad always did growing up. He was a preacher, and he'd always say that, and I'd always tell him after the service. But here we go. I'll do the same thing. Jerry Garantano performing very well in practice. Chris Winkie says that he's anticipating at a higher level this year. He's operating the offense uh, very, very proficiently right now. Uh, he's anticipating better. He's making better reads. His arm is a little good. He's not throwing the football to the other team, and, and that's good. Uh, this is a, Again, this goes without saying. I mean, everything I'm saying right now, you guys already know because if you're like me, you listen to sports radio, specifically The Sports Animal. You read all the articles, and you look at all the live tweeting during press conferences, and you watch all the, the content we put up at 99.1 The Sports Animal. Dot .com specifically at underscore caner and uh you know this is good because this is the first time Jeremy Pruitt, excuse me, Jerry Garantano has had the same quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator for back to back seasons. It was a unique off season, didn't get to get the most work in as you'd like to, but nonetheless, the offense didn't change, the coaching didn't change. And that's going to add comfort for Jerry Garantano and the rest of the offense to be completely honest and that's something that the coaches have talked about but you know Garantano is is stepping up and um, he's been in every single photo gallery he's been in every, he's been in every single video that Tennessee's released and, and Jeremy Pruitt hasn't said anything about Jerry Garantano missing any practice so that's good he's been out there leading every single day and Tennessee to you know try to get that 6-4 and four record to where I believe they can this year Garantano is going to have to be under center for those football games Uh Harrison Bailey's not ready. He missed all the springs. Everyone missed all the spring. He missed the first week of camp. So he's behind the eight ball right now. I think Harrison Bailey will turn out to be a fine quarterback, but um behind the eight ball right now. Go with your fifth year senior. Brian Mowers battling a hamstring injury right now. JT Shroud's having a good camp as well, but, um, you know, you go with the fifth year senior. So Jerry Garantano having a good camp. I know a lot of people do not like Jerry Garantano, want him gone, but he is here and he's having a good camp. And that's that's something we should at least note. The young wide receiver room. Tennessee is missing. Mark West Callaway, Juwan Jennings, Mark West Callaway, who made the Saints 53 man roster. Congrats to him. Juwan Jennings, who was weighed by the 49ers, but signed back on with the practice squad. So that's good news. And Tyler Bird. Those are the three wide receivers Tennessee missed out on from last season. In steps in, Romel Keaton do a bigger role, Cedric Tillman do a bigger role, Brandon Johnson do a bigger role, Tennessee welcomes Valus Jones Jr. into the mix, Josh Palmer sitting there leading the the, the entire group, D'Angelo Gibbs is gone, he's opted out, he's Tennessee's lone opt-out so far, but in steps in, some wide receivers of of the rookie level, the freshman level of Jalen Hyatt, who I believe is going to be a big impact player for Tennessee this year. I think Jimmy Holiday. I think Jimmy Callaway is going to play a factor. I think down the line, deep Beckwith and, and and Malachi Weidman could also play a factor as well. But the talk is this, these freshmen are performing very very well. Jim Chaney said they can all run fast, catch, and they love football. <laughs> and uh, you know Josh Palmer sung the praises of these these uh, freshman receiver. Jeremy Pruitt did, T. Martin did, Chris Winkie did. Everybody really has. But the guy that's going to make a huge difference, and don't be surprised if he's out there snap one of the season. I'm not saying that he'll be out there every single snap because he's he and the rest of the freshman wide receivers are still learning the offense and will you know be installed as you go, as Jim Chaney did with Derrick Rogers and Justin Hunter back in the day. But it's Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt's a vertical threat. He's a good route runner. He had a fantastic high school career. Now is playing high school football in the state of South Carolina like the SEC. Absolutely not. But Jalen Hyatt has all the tools and intangibles to step in and be an immediate impact player for Tennessee. And I think that he will, alongside Brandon Johnson, Josh Palmer, Cedric Tillman, Faylus Jones Jr. I think that's kind of be the the core group along with Ramel Keaton. Those six, I believe, are kind of gonna be the the core group. And so I do think Jalen Hyatt's gonna step in and make an immediate impact right now. So uh young wide receivers, check. Job well done so far in camp, according to um press conferences, availabilities from players and coaches. Jeremy Pruitt has said that the defensive line has been disappointing, not playing with physicality, not playing with aggressiveness. Um, and, and that's a little surprising for me. Now, keep in mind, Emma Gooden not playing this year. was dismissed from the football team prior to camp, but Tennessee didn't have him last year. The entire cast and crew of what Tennessee had last year in 2019 is back for 2020. You've got nine guys, eight to nine guys, who will be rotating in a part of that rotation. It's kind of how it was last year. The three out in front will be Darrell Middleton, Aubrey Solomon, and Greg Emerson. But then you've got Carrar Garland, Matthew Butler, John Mincy, Jaquan Blakely, Latrell Bumpus. You've got a lot of those guys who are going to play a big, big impact this year, just as they did last year. So for Jeremy Pruitt to come out and say that the defensive line is has not done a good job so far in camp, that's a little surprising to me because that went from probably the worst unit on the field at the beginning of last season to being arguably Tennessee's best unit on the field by season's end. A really great unit that grew up in a hurry, and it strengthened numbers. There's not one player that stands out among the others. Yes, your three starters, as I mentioned, were Middleton, Emerson, and, and Solomon, but you know it's really, a, it's really an eight- to nine-man rotation to where you can sub guys in and out in certain personnel packages when guys need a breather, whoever's got the hot hand, and that's good right now. Jeremy Pruitt did mention that Matthew Butler and Latrell Bumpfus are having strong camps, and that's good. Those are two upperclassmen. The second preseason camp in a row that Latrell Bumpfus has been raising eyebrows. He missed a couple of games last year, but came on and had a couple of sacks. I wouldn't call it a breakout year at all, but he's very comfortable there at the defensive line finally. But the defensive line being a little disappointing so far, that is... That is disappointing to hear uh, because I I do think that that has, uh, I I think that that is, along with the offensive line, which we'll talk about in a second, I think that that is, uh, and the secondary, which we'll talk literally here in a a couple of seconds, I think that is the best position group on the field. Keep in mind, too, disclaimer, Jeremy Pruitt is a, defensive coach. He's coached the defensive line, the linebacker's the secondary, uh, throughout his whole coaching career, so he's going to be harder on his defense than anything, so uh, to keep that in mind as well. The secondary, according to Derek Ansley, should be the strong point of Tennessee's defense this year, and it's not surprising because you know, Tennessee's defense overall, and again, you guys who listen to me on the radio and, and, and follow my work. I, I mean, I've been preaching this. You know this. I'm not telling you anything you haven't already heard me preach about. But in Tennessee's defense, you return eight of the 11 starters. You return Henry T. in the middle, which was huge. But the three players you're missing are obviously three uh, impact players at three different levels of the football. Darrell Taylor on the front with the edge, Daniel Batuli in the middle, and Nigel Warrior on the back end. Those are three really good players that have all spent time in training camps this fall. Daryl Taylor, a second-round pick with Seattle, you know he's going to make that team. Nigel Warrior, who was just waived by the, uh, by the Ravens. I'll have to check and see if he made that practice squad, but he had a strong camp. And Daniel Petuli, who spent time with the Rams in training camp as well. Those are three impact players that played really good football for Tennessee throughout their careers. And In Nigel Warrior's case, really good football there in his last season. So you return 8 of 11 starters, which is fantastic, and a lot of key contributors. But... Those are three guys that are going to be tough to replace, and you're going to have to replace those by committee. Derek Ansley's preached by committee replacing Daryl Taylor. He and Sheldon Felton said there's not one guy right now that's stepping up. When you look at Kevon Bennett, DeAndre Johnson, Morvin Joseph, Tyler Barron, uh, Roman Harrison, J.J. Peterson, there's not one guy that's stepping up. It's it's going to be by committee or whoever has the hot hand until there is a guy that does step up uh, to take that one spot and really uh, to play on both edges whenever Tennessee goes a traditional 3-4. But replacing Nigel Warrior is going to be no easy feat because he was playing very good football. He was an All SEC player, first team last year by season's end. I mean, he was a he was a daggum player, good player, and uh, he really improved throughout his time at Tennessee, and really that senior year, because he bought into everything Jeremy Pruitt was saying. He was a sponge. He told us a couple times during the media availabilities last year that he would sit sit beside Jeremy Pruitt in every meeting. He would go over to his house. Literally everything he said, he just soaked it up and tried to learn and learn and learn. And and you saw that on the field. He was balling out there towards the end. Replacing him is going to be tough, but Tennessee brings back everybody else. Tennessee's best defensive player outside of Henry Twill, Bryce Thompson back, can play corner, and nickel, Alante Taylor's back. Warren Burrell's back. Kenneth George Junior's back. Those are your four top cornerbacks. Your safeties now. Jalen McCullough I think is going to have a breakout season this year. Took over the starting safety role from Theo Jackson, who was also back midway through last year as a true freshman. I think Jalen McCullough, or Tank, as they call him, is going to have a breakout season. I think Keyshawn Lawrence, who uh, was the highest rated prospect by twenty four seven out of the state of Tennessee is going to have a, a nice season for Tennessee, and he's going to play all five positions. He's starting out of safety right now, but he'll play a little nickel, which is what people call the star, and uh, he'll play corner as well. But he's an athlete. He's going to provide some depth that Tennessee desperately needs at really safety back there. Sean Chamberger also returns. I'm sorry. When I think of the secondary, I just think of the corners and the safeties, but Tennessee over, you know, I don't know the percentage, but Tennessee's defense typically runs five defensive backs with Sean Schamberger in there playing the nickel. But replacing Nigel Warrior, it's going to be Trev- uh, Trayvon Flowers. It's going to be Trayvon Flowers. He's a guy that came in with Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor, and played a lot of football as freshman year before breaking his collarbone. And then last year, played a lot of football earlier in the season before breaking his leg. Trayvon Flowers is a guy that has played a lot of football but has been on the sideline with injuries a lot, but he showcased tremendous talent. Um, I spoke with... His defensive back specialist coach um, earlier this summer. And he's really excited about seeing him out there. He thinks he's going to really uh you know raise some eyebrows this season, said he's been working very, very hard to perfect his craft. So Trayvon Flowers is going to be that strong safety this year with Jalen McCullough moving over to free safety. And, and, and that works out well for Jalen McCullough because he's a bigger safety. He can certainly cover, but you know, free safety, you free him up in the middle of the field essentially to where when guys are playing man to man coverage underneath, um, and the strong safety will be Trayvon Flowers will come up and match up on that number two or number three receiver in man to man. Now, you do like having Jalen McCullough play the strong because he can come up and, and uh, you know, aid and run support, but. You know they're all going to be in there and run support, but I do like McCullough moving to the free safety because essentially that does free him up on a lot of coverages. Because Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley, a trademark. If anybody asks you what's what's significant about uh, about Jeremy Pruitt's defense, well, he and Derek Ansley, their trademark is man to man on the outside. You can play two, you know, two over man under. You can play man-to-man straight up. You can play cover one, cover zero, whatever it is. Man-to-man on the outside is where it starts. And then if you can continue to play man-to-man, work yourself back into the backers, then that's great as well. Tennessee likes to run a lot of two-man under, which means you got to cover two at the top, but you have man under with those corners and, and, and Sean Schamberger a lot of the times. But playing man-to-man coverage is a big thing, and Tennessee still needs to continue to improve in that regard. But Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ansley said a lot of great things about the defensive back so far, and that's good because, I mean, Again, Jeremy Pruitt's a defensive guy, but Jeremy Pruitt is a defensive backs coach as well. He's always, I just said he's always going to be harder on his defenders when referencing the defensive line. That's true, but he is always, always going to be the toughest on his DBs. Specifically his cornerbacks. So, That's kind of a look at the strongest position so far for Tennessee, per reports. Uh, Let's talk about a couple of battles real quick, okay? Outside of Austin Pope at tight end, again, he's still recovering and trying to get back ready to go for week one. Tennessee's got to find another tight end, preferably two or three more tight ends. Because why? Well, Jim Chaney in Tennessee led the SEC in two tight end sets last year. Jim Chaney, a former tight ends coach, loves him some tight ends. And so, Austin Pope, he's not a receiving threat, but the offense runs through 81. You know that if you watch Tennessee football. BYU game last year, 15 leads ran right behind 81. That's that game where, yes, Tennessee lost, but Ty Chandler also had 154 yards on the ground. So, Austin Pope is trying to get back and ready to go for week one. You know, he should be ready to go feasibly early on in the season, but Tennessee's got to find some more tight ends. Well... Princeton Fant has has really come on, and he's kind of found a home there tied in, and he saw a little bit of action last year, and he's, he's kind of solidified himself as that number two tight in, but still very raw, hasn't played a whole lot. But outside of him, you've got a Jacob, Jacob Warren, a local product here from Farragut High School. You've got Sean Brown. You've got Jackson Lowe. Those two guys were seniors that came in in the 2019 recruiting class. A lot of raw talent there, and I asked Jim Chaney during... Uh, a media availability. What what about that tight end group? He said it's 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 unique because they all bring something else different to the table. They all have their own unique skill set, which is kind of nice, kinda kinda interesting. So uh that is a position from battle. Who is going to You know, at depth and who's going to challenge both Austin Pope and Preston fan up there at the tight end position. Uh, We can talk about linebackers another day because, you know, me, I'm a linebacker. That mindset, a whole lot to go over on the edge. The outside linebacker spot It looks like Corvair's crouch is going to be that inside linebacker. Aside from Henry T, along with Jeremy Banks, providing some uh, some depth and, you know, pushing Q Corvair's crouch for that starting spot. But the positions I want to talk about, wide receivers are another one. Safety's not guaranteed so far. But the position I want to talk about, or that unit, it's the offensive line. I'll be brief here. We're closing. Turn to your Bibles, Luke chapter. I swear I sound like a preacher more and more every day. But the the position battles on the offensive line. You're saying, well, well, offensive line, it's it's our best position group. Yeah, I agree. I think it is too. But that doesn't mean that there's not position battles and that's a good thing. Because if you're saying a unit is still the best on the field and still, you know, one of the better ones in the in the league and you don't know who two of your five starters are, that's a good thing because the 6th and 7th best offensive linemen are raising their level to push for those spots. The two spots I'm talking about right now and this is this is, you know, pending Kate Mays being eligible, but we all have a good idea that he will, despite being turned down initially by the NCAA in a year where eligibility doesn't matter. Kate Mays is denied eligibility at Tennessee, despite his father being a letterman and him being from his hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. It's really the NCAA. And I mean, again, I'm, I put my bias aside. I grew up a Tennessee fan, but you know, I'm a media personnel now covering this team. I'm not a fan that roots for him. But it's just, it, it, it's it's despicable <laughs> some of the decisions the NCAA makes. But if you play quarterback, you're good to go. But if you play anything else, it's just, it's not happening. We can talk about that another day. But this is all pending Cade Mage being eligible and playing that right guard spot. I'll go over some contingency plans here in just a moment. But Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, two true freshmen that came on and played a lot of football last year. That's great. Wanya Morris is named to the all-freshman team. That's great. I think Wanya Morris is going to be an NFL player one day for sure. But he's being pushed by Jameer Johnson, a fifth-year senior coming out of junior college, came with Jeremy Pruitt for his first year in 2018. Jameer Johnson's a guy that has played a lot of football for Tennessee but has never really had his head in the game, has never really been bought in, has never really worked hard. I can say all that because I've witnessed it. But he is, according to people I've talked to, and according to Jeremy Pruitt as well, He's been working his tail off. He's really pushing Wanya Morris for that spot at left tackle. That's one. I think Wanya Morris wins that battle, by the way. The other one is K Ron Calvert and Darnell Wright at right tackle. That was the storyline coming into spring practice this year, and it's unfortunate because it got canceled. We didn't get to see that play out. You know, Wanya Morris was not going to play in spring because he was already injured. He was coming off offseason surgery. Well, Darnell Wright's and K. Ron Calvert were going to battle it out there at right tackle. And Darnell Wright, is he's an athlete. He's got all the tools as well. But again, he played banged up a lot last year, and he really wasn't playing his best football. But K. Ron Calvert was playing well, and, and those two guys are going to battle out at right tackle. And I'll say this, if Cade Mays is not, is not eligible this year, I think the loser of that right tackle battle to start things off, whether it be Darnell Wright or Kade, or, uh, or K. Ron Calvert, I think the loser of that battle slides down and plays right guard. I really do because, again, it's this mentality of cross-training where you know Tennessee cross-trains everybody at every position. All the receivers play all three different spots in practice. The secondary guys, you've got corners playing nickel, you've got corners playing safeties, and vice versa. <clears throat> Excuse me. At linebacker, you want 4-4 four, four guys. Jeremy Pruitt wants to recruit guys that can play all four spots. That's what J.J. Peterson was. That's what Kavara Scratch was. That's what Henry T. is, guys that can play all four linebacker spots, 4-4 four, four guys. Tennessee cross trains like a mofo on that offensive line. Always has. Always has under Jim Cheney, Will Friend, and, and Jeremy Pruitt. And so I could see a tackle sliding down and playing guard because Darnell Wright and or ron Calvert, whoever loses that spot, will be the sixth best offensive lineman out of the five. And so that could be a case. Well, I think I, I really don't know who's going to win that right tackle spot. I, I mean, I, I'm giving the edge to, to Wanya Morris. I think that... Wanya Morris is obviously a better talent than Jameer Johnson, but Jameer Johnson, to his credit, is pushing him this camp, and that's great to see. But I think that's Wanya Morris' spot. Over here, right tackle? I'm not really sure. I mean, honestly, it could be Cameron Calvert. It really could. And just because someone wins that starting spot doesn't mean that you're not going to see the other one. You're going to see the other one a lot. Don't you know, You're going to see a lot of Darnell Rye play. First and foremost, Tennessee's going to run a lot of jumbo this year, which means an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman's going to play tight end. In uh, you know, in certain personnel packages, I think Cooper Mays, a freshman right here from Knox Catholic, brother of Cade Mays, I think Cooper Mays will find that role as well, being a blocking tight end this year. I think you're going to see a lot of other Tennessee reserve offensive linemen shifting out and playing offensive tackle. Now, last year you saw Darnell Wright come in and do that, and you had uh like Riley Locklear, Karon Cowher, then Darnell Wright would come in and he would, he would play that position as well. So uh, other guys who, I mean, Jerome Carvin can play right now. It's just he doesn't have a spot to play. He can play both guards. He can play center. He's the backup center. He's the backup for both guards. Uh, Tennessee likes Chris ock You still have uh, Riley Locklear as well. I mean, Tennessee's in a good spot, a good spot on that offensive line. But those two tackle battles are worth noting for sure because it's not just a guarantee that the former five-star offensive tackles uh, we'll we just be giving their spots back. No, no, sir. And I think that's good because it elevates everyone's play. It makes everyone better. So that's kind of my outlook on the offensive line right now, and kind of where we are in camp so far. Week four has officially begun. Tennessee often running 11 practices in uh, to fall camp so far. It's a, it's going to be a unique season, regardless of whatever way you want to spin it. It's going to be unique. That is for sure. It's already been a unique off season. It's been a unique camp. But one thing's for certain, it's going to be great whenever it's football time in Tennessee. It's going to be great when we see some Power Five uh, football, and we're going to see that with the ACC and Big 12 kicking off this weekend. At underscore Kaner on Twitter, at Kaner on air. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Holler at me on Twitter. DM me if you guys have any questions. About Tennessee football, catch my Tennessee football practice reports live on the Sports Animal every morning at 7:15, every evening at 6:15, as well on, as on WIVK. That's 107.7 WIVK at 6:30, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening as always, and we'll talk to you soon. been listening to another episode of ptf producing the facts podcast with knoxville host eric kane follow the show on twitter at underscore kaner and be sure to subscribe to producing the facts podcast on itunes soundcloud and tune in it's ptf your sports hookup